Welcome to another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you, parents, teachers, clinicians, anyone who is here to give families or their own family some support with what they're going through with their kiddos. My name is Aaron Huey. I have been your host these five long years. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, go dig back in our archives. We've got over 260 episodes here. We are all around the world, and that's because of you, parents, coming up and listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing to be on Risk and Back. I am excited about today's show. This is going to start a little series here about internet safety. It has slipped off the front page recently and it can't you may have heard me say this on the show before for those of us who are gen xers and spent a lot of time at the public library would your parents have sent you to the public library on your own and let you wander those shelves if three out of every 10 books in the library was hardcore pornography would they have let you go i think i know your answer Why do we let our kids on the internet without supervision when 30% of the internet is pornography? We don't know how to protect our kids from what they are seeing on the internet. No matter what comes up, no matter what safety protocols these social media programs have in place, the pornography, the violence, the inappropriate content slips through and our kids get access to it. So in this episode of Beyond Risk and Back, we brought Meredith from Carrots and Cake on. We're going to find out all about her, her product, her information, and her experience today. Meredith, thank you so much for being on Beyond Risk and Back today. Welcome. Thanks, Aaron. I'm really excited to to be here and uh, to talk to you about these really serious issues that parents are facing. It is very serious. So let's talk about why you got involved in this serious work here. What what is going on in your life? How did you get, how on earth did you decide to do something to to battle what's going on? And it seems like, and I'll say it front, you're in a battle, we can't win. But how'd you end up doing this? I created a product called um, Carrots and Cake, which you can download onto your phone or onto your iPad. It's designed to make your device more beneficial and less addictive for children, to make them safe, to give them a more enriching and balanced experience. And really, I think the number one reason for me to come up with this is because I'm a parent. I've got two little girls and it was very easy for me to see from a very young age, and they're only, uh, they're eight and nine now, the way we were being presented with devices in our everyday life could be a lot better, could be a lot more controlled, could be a lot more useful to children and um, sort of teach them skills that they can take throughout their life with them. So aside from protecting our kids, you brought up one of the hot button words we need to address right away. You brought up addiction. Which part of this experience are you seeing as addictive to our kids? Well, I mean, first, I'd like to just talk about like the device itself. And I think parents recognize that they have signs of addiction um, in their own life when it comes to their phone or, or their tablet. These things have persuasive design. Every place you visit on the internet, there have been millions of dollars thrown at these apps just to claim your attention because attention is the number one product in the online market right now. How long can a company keep your attention 
How long can they keep you scrolling? How long can they suggest another video to draw you into a rabbit hole just to keep you on their site? Because that translates to dollars for them. Um, and let's face it, that's what's driving the internet. Is knowing that part of the job, once they get your attention, is to also get your data. Um, I'm curious about your experience and does carrot, uh, carrots and cake confront the data collection issue as well. From our standpoint, if you were to download our app onto your child's um, iPhone or iPad, we, we, we protect all of your data. We use Apple's API, so privacy is very, very important. So we can't even see really what you're doing unless you give permission to share that with us. And then what we do is our platform is basically have children learn first and play later. So it's about balancing their online experience and keeping it healthy. Um, so when it comes to learning, there's thousands of great educational apps out there, but it can be really difficult for parents to A, know that the device can be used for learning, B, know what those educational apps are, C, know how much do they cost? What, yeah, what data are they collecting? Is there advertising? Are they going to have a pop-up that our kid clicks on and then suddenly they're in an unsafe area on the internet and we have no knowledge of that. Not only do we make it easy, for the parents to know the child is doing safe things online, but we recommend to them sites that we've vetted, that we trust, that, you know, they're completely third party. We don't have any financial interests in them, but we're, you know, we're trying to provide a service to parents and let them know, here are some safe places that your kids can visit. How do you vet a website? And if you were to give parents tips to vet a website, what would you tell them to look at and talk to and what, what's your vetting process? And to be clear, it's more apps that we're doing right now, less so websites that people are visiting. At the moment, a lot of ratings, a lot of descriptions that the Apple Store or the Google Store offer when, when you refer to them is is self-reported. So these these apps are saying, well, we're for this age we're this content, we focus on this, but it's, it, nobody else is like, they, they don't have to answer to anybody. There's no authority, there's no regulation there. It's just the app saying, this is what I do. Uh, so we have a team of generally parents that go through the app, take a look at it, um, see like how, how is the gamification working? Because um, when we recommend an educational app, what we really wanna do is make sure kids are having a high cognitive load. So they're thinking, so they're not getting instant gratification. So they're not getting an immediate dopamine uh, hit to their system. These are the things that eventually can cause addiction in children online. We look at, are they collecting data? What kind of data are they collecting? Um, do they have, have advertisements? How much are they charging? You know, if they say we're for this age, are they really for, or are they for that age? And these are the sorts of things that we're looking at. The industry is using a term called sticky. Instead of saying addictive, they're using the term called sticky. And as I did my research for my book about video game addiction, uh, as I've been working for 20 years with kids who were displaying addictive behaviors and tendencies and signs and symptoms of video game addiction, that word kept showing up sticky. This is a sticky concept. You talked about dopamine being a uh, one of the addictive components. What else do you, can you identify that are serving as red flags for your team besides just the fact that um, you know, there's instant gratification components. There are 
what, what else are you seeing that you know for a child's development level is just no bueno, it's no go? A lot of the apps that kids are drawn to and that kids want to stay on and, you know, they want kids to stay on them, they have an element of socialization. And, you know, Aaron, I really want to point out that there's good and bad in everything. You know, I'm, I'm not really saying anything is all bad or anything is all good. It's about achieving balance. And that should be one of your number one priorities as a parent is to help your child figure out what this balance is. So like when I say these games have levels of socialization, we're all social creatures. You, me, the listener at home. Um, when you think of a baby, you know, they're immediately trying to connect with people through visual cues. When you think about a kindergartner coming out for their, you know, first time on the stage for some program, immediately their eyes are scanning the crowd to find their parents. It makes us feel accepted. It makes us feel we're doing something right. It makes us feel part of the social fabric, part of the group. And so these games try to introduce these things into them. Now, is it a game? Can you control it so your child is playing it only with their friends? Do you know who they're playing with? Are they able, or, or is it, you know, a vast universe? And we don't, we, somebody's saying they're 10 years old, but, you know, really they're, you know, guy in the basement, you know, that we've all been warned about. And a lot of these things that some of these games do that we would stay away from is they try to introduce hints of taboos. So, you know, that would be sex, horror, violence, you know, we're not, our app is specifically looking at kids sort of in the four to 10. We have a lot of users who are in their teens, but we wouldn't be promoting, you know, anything in that. We would say, keep your, keep your kids uh, clear of these things. Like, sure. I mean, scary elements like kids you know you want to experience these things but i think you know if a parent is looking at it and they're feeling in the pit of their stomach like this this is wrong you know that's that that pit of your stomach gauge is something that we're always using as well but these game designers know when they hit on those taboos that is a lot of times when those dopamine hits strike. And when you're getting accustomed to having a lot of dopamine flowing through your system, you're going to keep seeking it out and seeking it out and seeking it out. And that's what makes those games sticky. You talked a little bit ago about balance. I'm curious as to what is the balance between learning and playing that you and your team believes is healthy? And how did you come by this information? My shorthand for describing the app is saying, you know, we're a parental control learning app, but we're very different from your traditional parental controls that most people are accustomed to. What actually was the impetus for this in the first place was my husband and I were, um, we were volunteering with a bunch of refugees in Malaysia. And because they were refugees, they weren't giving any sort of political status, which meant their kids were not allowed to enroll in schools. So because of that, they were completely dependent on expats volunteering an hour or two here or there, maybe, maybe not, maybe they'd show up and providing them with some sort of an education. And we thought there has to be a better way. EdTech for years has been telling us it was going to solve the problem between all the socioeconomic divides throughout the world and all kids would be like elevated to a common level. And even though device, the prices of devices is low, the internet is like, you know, in all the corners of the world now, we're still not seeing that happen. So we were saying there has to be a better way. What could that better way be? We knew there were great apps that have machine learning that learn with your child. So pushes your child to advance themselves at an appropriate pace. So we, we went to an app, an app actually called SmartTix, and we asked if they would be willing for free to donate their platform to this refugee school that we were working with. They said, 
absolutely, we'll do that for you. We went out, we bought a bunch of Kindles. We, we loaded this program onto the Kindle. We handed out the devices. We patted ourselves on the back. We thought we were doing something terrific. Immediately, immediately, Aaron, when the kids opened up those devices, they were like, ooh, YouTube. Ooh, uh, you know, Roblox. Oh, <laughs> Minecraft, you know, Instagram. And that's when we really realized that because of the persuasive design that I talked about early, because of the millions of dollars, because of the dozens of engineers that are looking at you through your screen and focusing exactly on what your desires are, no matter how great these educational apps were, there's no competing. Just like if you hand your child a plate of food and you put their chocolate cake on there right next to the broccoli, what are they gonna take a bite out of first, right? This is how we're built as humans. So what's a better way to approach it? And that's when we started developing Carrots and Cake. And essentially what we built was this app, you know, parents put a couple of learning tasks on it, um, a couple of learning apps, anything in the Apple App Store. So when a child opens their device, and it can be a shared device in the family, you can have multiple user accounts for different kids in your family, but the only thing they can access is those learning apps. So they're going to have, you know, maybe 10 minutes, whatever you decide is appropriate on each of those apps that are completely distraction-free, where they just completely focus on the matter at hand. And that can be reading, that can be math, that could be a foreign language, that could be a music lesson, meditation, physical education, anything that's not giving you a high dopamine hit. And then when they finish that, the device unlocks and then they have their agency and they're able to go on and play their games, explore. Um, we always make sure that there are safety checks on there. So they're not going to get inappropriate content. So they're not going to have pornography or violence or horror coming at them. I always like to liken it to, you know, your child's on a playground and the playground has a 12 foot fence around it. So they have the freedom to run around but you can feel confident as a parent that they're doing that in a safe way. I love this. It reminds me of the first year chores, the carrots, and then you can go out and play the cake. I love that. Exactly. It, it's the oldest parenting technique known to humankind, you know, and we've just translated that into like an easy to understand app. So yeah, you know, most people understand the idea behind what we're trying to do. At brabapp.com parents, I have posted a parenting masterclass. Before you fast forward through this commercial, give me a chance because I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it blunt. This is a Telly award-winning parenting masterclass. Highest quality filming that we could accomplish. The content is everything I have ever taught a parent in the past 20 years of working with parents in crisis. There are three components to the course, 56 classes in three components, the red, the beyond risk, the crisis children, yellow, the at risk children, and green. When things are going well, how do we get them to go great or keep them going well? It's everything I've ever taught a parent in 20 years of working with families. But here's the deal. It's $99. I want every parent to be able to have access to this course. So please go to brabapp.com, B-R-A-B -B for Beyond Risk and Back. Brabapp.com, B-R-A-B-A-P-P.com. Check it out for yourself. How long of learning or how much time 
spending learning do you guys feel is appropriate before the app unlocks unlocks the device for regular internet use? Sure. Like it, it really depends. So, you know, and I don't need to think that like me as a mom, I just went out and I developed this on my, my own. I went to Yale. My husband went to Cambridge. Education is super important to us. We conferred with doctors, teachers, scientists when we built this. So we got a lot of expert advice into how behaviors are developed in child, how the brain, how the prefrontal cortex is, 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 is functioning. So there's a method called micro learning. So as long as a child is doing something repeatedly yet consistently, it can be for a small period of time. It could be for, I would suggest at least 10 minutes a day. So, you know, if they're trying to learn their times table, if they're doing uh, their violin lesson, anything your child might need, I, th I think a minimum of about 10 minutes on each of these learning apps. And I would say do at least two learning apps. Some, some parents do like five learning apps. There's a schedule, so you could vary it each day. So your child's like getting on, like maybe one day is reading, one day is STEM, one day is, you know, creative arts and crafts. You know, you can figure out what works for your child, what works for your family. And that also goes for the free time that comes afterward. Um, maybe you want them to have more free time on a weekend. Maybe you want them to have, you know, all families are different. Maybe you're on vacation, whatever your schedule it is, we try to allow that flexibility and ease of letting this adjust to your lifestyle. It baffles me that we cannot, any of us, find any research that says that children from the ages of, you know, zero to two should spend any time on a pad or on the internet. Then we're told that a child from three to 17, an hour a day max, and for the rest of us fully developed adults, two and a half hours max. You could brainwash me to believe that the researchers themselves are not spending more time online than that. So what do we do? Like, like, what do we do with this that we're literally being told children should not be online? And then the, the school gives them a computer and the only way they can learn is online or they're in a, a developing country and the only way they can learn is online. And like, is this it? Is this just what we're dealt with? And we know we shouldn't eat this candy bar, but that's all you get to eat? Is that what the education system has become? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a terrific, a very insightful point. I do feel like the, these guidelines that we're being supplied with are not realistic. Uh, I think, you know, across the board, everybody is spending way, way, way more time online. I know when my girls were really little, I conscientiously tried to model good behavior. I thought, oh, as long as I don't have my phone out and they don't see me interacting with my phone, then they won't have those desires to always be online. I did an okay job of that. However, when COVID hit and then suddenly everybody had to do online learning, be on your computer, five-year-olds, six-year-olds for a minimum of eight hours a day. And by the way, you can't visit your friends. So if you want to socialize with them, you're going to have to do that online too. Oh, you want to be in the brownies, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts? We're doing that online too. You know, all of life came to be online. And so much of like regulation, you know, it takes years for these to to catch up with what we're doing. But I think, you know, what it's really important is parents recognize there's a problem. The parents that are listening to this, I'm sure, are concerned and want to figure out better ways to do things because we don't want to wait until we see the effect in 20 years. Oh, this, if, if only we had known. Well, you know what? We have a 
lot of very good hints of what direction we're headed in. So let's just take some steps now. And just understanding that there is a problem, that's the first big step. Based on what you know, what you and your husband have researched and the information you have, where are we headed? Is this just going to get worse? And what does that mean? Well, I think, you know, I don't want to scare people. Like, Absolutely. Like technology is going to get bigger and bigger. It's going to be, you know, even more a part of our lives, you know, going forward. It's hard to believe because it's already so much a part of our life. And it's really important that your kids have a good understanding of technology. But we want our kids to be in control of technology. We don't want technology to be in control of our kids. So you know, let's let's understand that first. But in order to succeed in life, I think you're going to have, have, have to have a really good understanding of where technology is going and what your skills are, how to develop skills online. Probably 80% of the people watching this, their kids are going to have a job in the future that involves being on the computer, being online, communicating with people. You want to be able to teach your kids how to self-regulate. How can they pull themselves, you know, offline when the time comes, you know, like in your own home. Think about no devices at the dining room table, no devices in bedrooms, having a, an area in your house that's devoted like to just charging your device. So, you know, there aren't devices thrown all about it. Be intentional about how you behave online and your kids are going to see that and they're going to start modeling that behavior. How much control does carrots and cake give the parents? Are, are you, is it, is it down to the minute? Is it down to the second? Are there keywords that you can put in? Like, how do you control where they can go and what they can see and for how long? Okay. So our big belief at Carrots and Cake is really the content that you're doing, what you're doing and how you're doing it online. That's really what's going to help you develop skills or cause you to develop problems with the internet. As I said before, we're really learning based. So we promote these learning apps. We want parents to be able to, because the other thing about these recommendations that you mentioned is they'll say one hour, two hour, whatever is right for your child, but always monitor them, always, you know, kind of stand over their shoulder and look at what they're doing. And that's not realistic. Like right now I'm in the United States. My family's in Malaysia right now. I don't know what my kids are doing online necessarily, but I do know they have carrots and cake. So I know when they come home from school, if they pick up their device right away, the first thing that's going to open is a homework assignment. So I, you know, I don't have to feel worried. I don't have to feel guilty. I know that they're doing their work first and then they're going to get some playtime also. That, you know, when, when I can't be there, that's sort of the next best thing. A lot of parental control apps, like you alluded to, they have sort of things like keywords. They have GPS tracking. They have alerts that are built into them. Now, this is where we differ from most parental controls. So we're all about privacy. We're not looking into a child's device in that way, especially like I mentioned to you, we're kind of concerned about younger children. And to me as a parent, I think, you know, kids still need some privacy. They need to have, you know, their private jokes with their friends. They, you know in order for them to grow and develop a personality that allows them to take risks, not feel like somebody's always looking over their shoulder, they need some freedom. What we found with a lot of these more strict parental controls is it causes reactance between the child and the parent. Kids feel like their freedom is being threatened and then this causes these rebellious attitudes to come up. So it can start to break down. We try, Carrots and Cake is much more collaborative before between the, the parent and the child coming up with 
interesting things for them to do online, things that they enjoy doing, um, and things that they can even do together. One of the things that we like to do is when we know what apps your children are using, we'll start to email the parents, you know, once or twice a week saying, hey, I noticed Bobby is using Khan Academy. Here's, here's a couple of questions you could ask to really understand better what are they doing online? Like, this is such a big part of their life. How can, how can I be part of that? Because a lot of parents don't know where to begin that conversation. So we try to do a lot of support, parenting support from our website, um, carrotsandcake.com, through emails that we'll send you if you're a subscriber. Um, yeah, but, you know, we do charge for our app. I'm happy to give all of your listeners a six-month free trial if they log on but everything on our website is absolutely free all of the lessons the webisodes the tips from experts you can you can look at all of that for absolutely nothing at all final question i'm curious about the platforms of education that you have and how many you mentioned khan academy obviously that's an extremely popular one very well made but i'm curious do you have 10 do you have 10,000? Like, where are you in how many platforms a parents can choose from for a program for their kids? Or have you guys chosen the programs for the parents? We basically are just a platform that allows you to know that your child is doing something good and then and then balancing it with, with the fun as well. So for us on our platform, we allow you to upload anything, anything available in the app store. So we are iOS-based. We are on iPads and iPhones. But um, yeah, a parent, it's anything they already own. You know, you don't have to spend extra money or anything, you know, you want your, you want to be able to depend on your child doing it. Because what we found is, I think education apps are like the third most popular type of app in the app store. But by the time kids like, and you know, parents, they spend money on these things. They spend a lot of money on these things and they feel, you know, they're doing their due diligence but are the kids using them? They're not, you know, because by the end of like two weeks of having an educational app, most kids are using it for maybe three minutes a week, as opposed to like Minecraft or Roblox, these things that are drawing them in. So you know they're actually going to be using these. And what we do is when we make our recommendations, which you can find on our website, is we say like, we look at how old your child is, we recommend things that are age appropriate, we tell you, okay, well, you know, are you looking for something that has no advertisements? Are you looking for something that's free? Are you looking for something STEM-based? Are you looking for something creativity-based? You know, we, we've looked at all of these different things in, in our suggestions. You don't have to take our suggestion if you don't want to. You know, you could do your own thing. It's really up to the parent and, you know, what works for your family. How are parents going to find you? Do you have a, a Facebook page? I know you mentioned a website earlier. Let's give parents this information so they can follow up with you. Yeah, great. You know, you can find us. Our website is carrotsandcake.com. We are out there on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, but I think the easiest way to find us is on carrotsandcake.com. And if you download our app, our code, our, our special code that you can put in, and this will give you a six-month free trial as opposed to the two-week free trial that we offer, is Smarter Screens. So you just, just type that in. All one word. The case doesn't matter, but uh, carrotsandcake.com Smarter Screens will give you six months for free. As we talk about internet safety, what's very, very important is making sure the parent has the freedom to choose. That you're deciding where your kids are going to get their education from. You're deciding what 
social media websites or gaming platforms your children are going to have access to. Be a part of the decision. I like what Meredith said is that this has to be a conscious process. Don't accidentally hope for the best. I have known highly educated, very experienced parents allow access to a website that they had no idea, had an entire side of the website that was extremely not child appropriate. Help each other. If you know something about a website that another parent is letting their kid on, just talk to them about it. Be the yellow flag in a race, in this game of life. Help parents, help their kids navigate the chaos of the internet because it is absolute chaos and there is no outcome we can rely on when it comes to what our children have access to. Big thanks as always to Deepin Productions for making sure this show sounds good and the music that we listen to on the show. Parents, take care of yourselves first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, because that's how we're going to do our best work with our children. Make sure you visit me at brabapp.com, B-R-A-B-A-P-P.com. That's where I host my parenting masterclass. And coming soon, our family crisis coach trainings. I'll see you next week on Beyond Risk and Back.